What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Magpie 24-7 podcast. And, yeah, we're here again. Here we go again, as uh, the GTA meme may stand out to be. If uh, you, you, you're on the internet, you'll know you'll know what that meme is. Uh, here we go again. Newcastle lose yet again at home to Leeds, Paul. And, uh, honestly, I, I cannot believe this manager's still here. Um, the, the last podcast, how hasn't he been sacked yet? Again, how hasn't Steve Bruce been sacked yet? Yeah, you can only assume, mate, from the state of what's happening behind the closed doors that Lee Channing's been furloughed. You've got players who are currently under contract at Newcastle United who have the, hasn't got a visa to play. And, and then you've got a manager who's statistically one of the very, very worst we've ever had. He's on an absolute horrendous run. Can't I nearly passed out when we scored a goal? Never mind when we drew the game at, at one point. But we're on a, an eleven-game losing streak. We we now need above Steve Bruce's thirty percent win rate to be able to stay up this season. And nobody in charge of that football club is pressing the alarm button. The only thing that's been signed off is a, a check for what six figures to Bournemouth for a, for a coach. It is. Absolutely vile, mate. It really, really is. There are serious problems at that football club. Um, but yeah, we, we keep saying, surely it's got to happen. Surely it's got to happen. Defeat after defeat after defeat after lack of goal, after lack of preparation, after lack of ideas, knowledge, knowledge, tactics, passion, you name it. We haven't got it. Yet nobody is saying that we have standards because at Newcastle, clearly we don't. It's, it's like with some sort of um, bloke on the rebound and he's just willing to uh, hop into bed without. You know what I mean? There's no standards. There's no quality on out like that. And it's just shocking. And that's the thing that hurts the most. You can accept defeats. And we've said that before. If you see an effort and if you know that the people behind the club have got the best interests uh, at heart of the club. And I just don't think that. Where the fuck is Lee Charney? Maybe Mark can answer that one. Is he, is he dead? Like, seriously, mate, is he dead? Nobody's seen like- him. Is is he just missing KIA, MIA, missing yeah. in action, killed in action? Nobody knows where Lee Charnley is. Someone started away a cabbage. They've hit him too hard for courage and, uh, cabbage and, de- and buried him somewhere in Lee's spot. It's probably Mrs. <laughs> Charnley who started away a cabbage. <laughs> Honestly, mate. They probably like, can't stand it. If, if, someone fe- if someone feels a bit useless in their life, all they have to do is look at Lee Charnley and they've got hope because he gets millions of pounds per year to do absolutely bottle, mate. He is he yeah. is a reincarnation of like a statue. He just does nothing. Not, and that's pretty much it, mate. That's his well, that, I, the role. I put a post out on on our on our Facebook, and if you already haven't, please like the Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram. But I put a post out there, and I put uh, missing in action uh, Lee Chan. If anybody's seen him, and there was some corking uh, suggestions. Some people thought he was with Danger Mouse down London. Some people thought he was off in Danger Mouse's car, traveling around. Um, yeah. Some right weird and wonderful. Look, quite a few people obviously thought that he'd been furloughed. He'd accidentally furloughed himself and and, and couldn't realise how to get out of it. Accidentally, so, yeah, accidentally furloughed himself. So there were some cork and suggestions on there. I should have wrote them all down, but uh, the ones that tickled me most were the ones that where he was meeting up with Danger Mouse for a top secret assignment. <laughs> um, 
and the fact that he'd also furloughed himself. Somebody suggested, I think, as well. Uh, I think that somebody's been watching a little bit too much crime and investigation on on uh, on Sky over this lockdown. That his wife had knocked him off and buried him under the uh, buried him <laughs> under the porch in the backyard. <laughs> She couldn't take any more of the useless prick. So, yeah, there were some weird and wonderful suggestions. But, yeah, it, it's 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 another defeat. And um, even, you know, I, I go back to that uh, game against Bournemouth. When I, I've, I've, I, in fact, I looked at the video because I, I recorded the end of the match uh, when we defeated and I was there, everybody else booing and you're getting sacked in the morning. And eventually, albeit too late, he was sacked in the morning. I just hope and pray that somebody somewhere at the club, mate, is looking at these statistics, looking at this winless run, looking at the struggles to get goals, look, struggling to create chances, struggling to keep clean sheets um, and everything. And the panic uh, you know, is set in because we need a win rate for the rest of the season of, I think, about 38% or something like that. Steve Bruce's win rate at the moment is around about 30%. So we, he's got to punch above his normal weight if we're to get the somewhere between five and seven, probably nearer seven wins that it's going to take to stay up in this league. Obviously, a huge result from earlier today. Burnley have gone and beaten Aston Villa 3-2 in the crucial game. I don't know what it is at the moment because I've not it's checked. It's finished nil-nil. I've just watched nil -nil. on my phone, mate. Nil-nil. Yeah. The seven-point gap is now six-point uh, gap. Fulham having a game in hand, and that game in hand is against West Brom. I so... wanted Brighton to win uh, because the thing is, yes, it would have in, it would have increased and like obviously the pressure from from them on us, but it would have kept Fulham down further in that relegation zone. And how pathetic of an existence is it that is that that is what we're looking at in a way, it's sort of accepting fourth bottom in a in a in a in a sort of a fit of desperation just accepting fourth bottom as opposed to thinking that we can do something for ourselves and regardless of that result, pull away from it. But we need to do what Burnley's done. We had an 11-point cushion over them, mate, at one point. Look at them yeah. now. They're above us on the table. Gone. Yeah. Well, Burnley always sort the shit out, mate. They're, they're one of them teams who yeah, just get it done. Uh, Sean Dyche is a, is a much better uh, type of manager of being defensive and having a coordinated plan than Bruce will ever be. Uh, let's yeah. be honest. my milkman, like to be fair, but all well, these days you just have to be from the area and love the tune and you get a job. That's it. I mean, I, I put my application and I didn't hear anything back, mind. It's probably because I uh, I called Lee Charlie too many names on this uh, on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> probably the same for you, <laughs> Paul, to be honest. But, um... Oh yeah, I, I think my my name's definitely. It's not only on a list. It's on a on a list with a highlighter through it. And maybe underlined several times with the circle next to it saying, he's a bastard, that lad. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit. The thing is, I love my club and I'm passionate about the club and everything that it does. I just think he's a useless pile of shit. And uh, I think Lee Charnley's inept. That is my opinion. Everybody's entitled to it. We know people who love Lee Charnley. There is still some people who think that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's the same with uh, Mike Ashley. I think it's He's in it for his own reasons. He doesn't give a shit about the football club. He's a Spurs supporter. Um, and we're, we are relying on a spreadsheet to him as well. So, uh, like I said, I wouldn't give them the steam off my piss, even if they were a light. No, I, I totally agree, mate. They're just completely useless. But we don't hold back on this, on this, um, 
on no, no, ben, ben. I, I, I just call it like I say, mate, regardless of what podcast I'm on or, or channel or whatever it may be, I'm always myself. Do you know what I mean? I'm not... Um, yeah, not, not everybody can say that, mate. I'll tell you that uh, for now. No, it's... It, it, but on this show, you get the... You get the... um you get the hundred percent, um, <laughs> no bullshit. Not it just full on the way we'll go. Really, yeah, exactly. might as well give our opinion on uh, Steve Bruce's pre-match press conferences, mate, or lack of, because he he um, hung up on the press and he limited the press also before the game. Um, written press were not allowed. He's he, he was uh, he's quoting saying in his press conference, "I will not shy away," but he got rid of the it's written press. And he and he cut the and he cut the press conference short. That to me is a total hypocrite and a total coward. Uh, there's a clip going round um, of him with his head in his hands. That is just the tip of the iceberg of how Newcastle fans have felt since he was appointed manager. Yeah. Mate, honestly, mate, it's getting it's getting worse every single week. And and he has the audacity to to hide from the from the Newcastle fan base and hide from. He hasn't got the answers, mate, because he doesn't yeah. know the answers to the questions he's going to be asked. Either or he just doesn't want to be asked them because he knows what, what they're going to be because he's been in this predicament several times as a, as a manager of a big club. Do you know what he I mean? He needs to man up. Well, he also managed Sunderland as well. But, yeah, he needs to man up. Um, at the end of the day, if he's big enough and bad enough to make these decisions, he should stand by them and be able to answer them. He says that he won't shy away from... Uh, difficulties at, at Newcastle and then in the same breath but I'm not going to answer any questions from them at the end of the day speak to your national journalists yep fine okay Sky I understand you need Sky Sports News and all that sort of thing uh, and they will overplay the same clip a billion times but your local press is your bread and butter it's your connection on a daily basis with the fans so the fans can get to know what's happening with our football club at all times all you're doing by not speaking to them is cutting your nose off to spite your face. It really doesn't work. And even in the darkest times of Alan Pardew and Steve McLaren and stuff like that, none of them has done the same thing. Um, none, none of them. They've no, always, even if, even if the you know the answer's not a popular one or this, that, and the other, they have at least you know manned up to the situation and they've yeah, realised that the important role that they play as you know a mouthpiece for the fans how else you know it's not as if we do the fans forum or anything else like that the club don't communicate so the only chance that fans have and you know let's get it right the likes of, i mean not all of the local major newcastle fans but the large majority are they are fans as well so they know what we're thinking they are listening to the fans as well they will ask only ask the questions that the fans are wanting to be answered because to get the answers is going to sell newspapers and get clicks on websites and stuff now is it their fault that the questions are difficult? Well, I'd argue no, because if Steve Bruce was overseeing some good times at Newcastle, he wouldn't be having to answer awkward questions and this, that and the other. If Lee Charney had a backbone and a set of balls, which weren't in his wife's purse, then he'd answer the questions and there'd be no worries and there'd be a transparency at the club, which is what we crave for and, and you know and, and want to know. But as Kevin Keegan famously said, they're not footballing people, the people who run that club day and day out. And I'm talking about Justin Barnes, Keith Bishop, Lee Charney, Mike Ashley, all of them, even Steve Bruce. They're not football men of this generation or any, well, in some of the any cases, generation. not in any bloody generation. So, yeah, he's, he's just he's just shooting himself in the foot constantly, mate. It's not going to make it any easier. The pressure 
It's just going to build up and build up and build up. And what, what's what's Lee Ryder supposed to ask after we get dumped again and we go 11 games? Oh, great match. That was a great match. Oh, fantastic. I love the fact that we had one shot at goal. He's not going to ask them questions. You no. know, I mean, and if he thinks Lee Ryder's questions are difficult, let, let, him, let me or you ask a couple of questions. Let somebody, you know, like the Downing Street press conference with Boris Johnson. Let, 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 that's how it should be. The first two questions should be should be questions off the fans, off the, off the street. Answer them questions, Steve. They're from fans. They're from pain punters. They're from people who support the club, unlike you, you cabbage-headed mm. bastard. It's, uh, and it, then take it from there. Yeah, it's getting it's getting beyond a joke, mate. I mean, he says mm. his encouraging signs after the Villa game, and then he hides from the press to see what those encouraging signs were. Um, it's like it, it's becoming it's becoming beyond a joke, mate. And uh, I've got a I've got a bit of a stat for you, actually. Aston Villa sacked Steve Bruce with three wins from thirteen. Steve Bruce, even if he won his next twenty next two games, wouldn't match that uh, in terms of form. And that and he lost the Villa job on that form. So why on earth are Newcastle not doing anything about it? It's and clear. I mean, we're six points away from the relegation zone now when 18th have a game in hand against a, against a side that could easily beat. Do you know what I mean, Paul? And even then, if West Brom managed to turn them over, West Brom then become a problem under Sam Allardyce. He's relegated with before. Do you know what I mean? He's been there and done it. And he, he beat a better manager when he did it. Do you, yeah. like, you know what I mean, mate? It's becoming really concerning. The club just refused to acknowledge the situation. And it's really, it's actually embarrassing how oblivious the club is to the entire situation the fact that we've been here twice before and they refuse to deal with it over 1.5 million do you know what i mean when it could jeopardize the takeover it could jeopardize premier league money especially with no fans in in the ground and that mate do you know what i mean it's it's really going to hit the club hard if we can get you imagine fifty thousand inside st james's park at the moment five or six thousand at an away end at an aston villa or or, or the likes it would be hellacious. I think with fans in, and I mean, I was listening to where uh, Mick Laws, who had an interview with Steve Rafe recently, and he said the same. 50-odd thousand in there, he wouldn't have got out alive. Uh, the pressure would have been too much. He's been kept in the job from the fact that it's easier not to sack somebody than sack somebody, and there isn't the pressure of 50,000 people being for your blood. And like he said, people would be being for the blood uh, there's no doubt about it. Temp is a boiling, and he's he's calling that he's disappointed that fans are just putting a few banners outside and hoying the odd cabbage off the bloody door. What does he think was going to happen if fans get back into the stadium? It, honestly, I, I, he's not, I, I, he's not I, I, pushing I, I, reality, I mate. I don't think he'd be in a job if um, if it wasn't for COVID and stuff, because I think the fans would have hounded him out by now because it's getting worse. But the thing is, the writing's been on the wall, the wall a while now, mate. It really has. I said Over this a year. Podcast. It has, mate. It's been on. We've been that bad for so long, and he's just shit house performances here and there. But I mean, we'll start and get into this one, even though it's another flipping defeat, mate. It's another negative podcast. We'll we'll try and yeah, get. Yeah, we apologise. I mean, look at the. Look at the first team that played last night. Um, again, early rumours were coming out again regarding the situation, regarding the team. He dropped Andy Carroll and dropped Manquillo. He, uh, Murphy and Fraser came in. Other than that, he stuck with the same five three no five four one slash five three two false ten shit formation that he usually persists with. 
And lo and behold, mate, we'll start defensive. We'll start on the back foot. I mean, away from home, yeah. we've got the worst defence in the league. They've conceded even more goals than we have away from home. Yet Steve Bruce elects to go with a defensive formation like he did against Sheffield United. That's it. Every when he league... promised, he yeah. promised, mate, he would learn of that his mistake. Way, his way it was supposed to be, mate. 5-4, 5-4-1, 5-3-2 against another newly promoted side. That He's completed the set. Five, five at the back against three newly promoted sides. It's, it's disgraceful, Paul. It's embarrassing. It's just complete lack of intelligence in the team. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... Yeah, it's retardation at the maximum. I I, I made a, a view from the van, mate, before that game went out. It went out in the afternoon. And I said, I'm predicting a couple of things. I said, I'm predicting uh, five at the back because we're playing a team we should we should be beating at home. We only seem to play four at the back when we due to get tonked. Um, so I predicted five at the back. I predicted J- Jacob Murphy coming in. Um, and I predicted that Shelby and Hendrick w- would be playing because that's his poster boys, his pin-up boys. Um, and I hate, I hate to be proved right. I absolutely hate it. But in Bruce logic, when you look at it through his rose-tinted specs and all that sort of thing, um, that that's that's how, how he likes to go. But in whatever language, I, I don't care what tactic you class it as, what system, whatever. Even if you don't like systems, five at the back with two holding midfielders is seven defensively holding shape. And we can't hold shape. We're like a fucking jelly mold, man. We're fucking all over the place, wobbling left, right and centre. So that's seven back. How the hell do you think with the remaining three players, right? Outfield, of course, we're talking. That we're going to worry Leeds. With so many many so-called... Not even... Defensive is the wrong word because we look so shit defensively. But with so many players in those starting defensive positions, how do you expect? And every single time when Leeds scored that opening goal, mate, they, they're broke and they must have had, I, I don't know exactly how much, but there must have been four or five players in our box, right? Bang. When we break, when we break, when we broke up the other end of the pitch, I managed to get a ball somewhere in the box. At, at, at one time, we had just Callum Wilson in, and then the other time, Callum Wilson's got the ball. He looks up, and there was Miggy. That was it in the box. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, but they've got four defenders back. Four against one mid isn't going to work. I've said this week after week after week, unless we can get bodies breaking in that box and that's probably two up top and somebody, at least one, breaking from midfield, if not the other winger from the other side cut, cutting in. We ain't going to score enough goals to stay up. The thing is, Paul, you're speaking yeah. too much sense. You're speaking too much sense for Steve Bruce to understand mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's basic it's layman's stuff. It it's basic. <laughs> they keep saying, mate, we need to return to the basics and all that. You've You've laid out the basics. Yet we don't do them week after week. We'll continue no. to get worse. And w- w- you mentioned Jacob Murphy there. Why is he playing at right back again? If you re- rewind back to the um, 5-2 podcast when Leeds Hunt were back at Ellen Road in December, Jacob Murphy played right back in that game as well. And Jack Harrison told me you are so, mate. Do you know what I mean? He told me you are so and got man yeah. of the match. Uh, scored a beautiful goal, set up a couple of goals. And that was against Jacob Murphy. So he plays. Two, so Steve, what does Steve Bruce do? Plays exactly the same player who's out of position with two right backs on the bench. Work that one yeah. out. It's well, absolutely he, he, he's another one. 
yeah, he's another one, right? Yeah, I totally agree with, with what you're saying there. And that's exactly why I said on the view from the van before the game for a Leeds preview, I said he'll play Jacob Murphy out there because he's an awkward bastard. What he also continues uh, to do at the moment is play our best central midfielder. And in an area where we are struggling so, so bad and we are being literally strangled every game, our best midfielder is getting played as a centre-back week in, week fucking out, despite the fact that Emil Kraft, right, I don't like him as a footballer. I think he's awful, right? But I think his best games for Newcastle have actually come at centre-back. That's my honest opinion and my honest assessment. I would rather have Kraft as, um, if you're going to play free at the back, stick him in the back and free up Isaac Hayden to play in his natural position. Because, you know, Isaac Hayden will do a, a very, very steady, decent job in in you know in the back three or wherever really is how good he can be in the middle because yeah. at the end of the day the ball wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him. Mm. Um, but also as well, I mean I'll say about Isaac Hayden, he's played during that game centre back, uh, deep central midfielder, and he played right sided defender, right back. Like you said, you've got two right backs on the bench. Why put them on the bench if you don't trust them, if you don't rate them, if they're not fit wouldn't you rather have somebody from the, the, the youth team given a chance if they're not right, not the fit? The name didn't come out with Hatpole this week. Yeah. Know yeah. What I mean? the, the, Just the, like a Tom Bowler. Yeah, but, the, it, it, they didn't come out this week. That's that's it. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be but someone so else. It's frustrating about Isaac Aiden, mate. He's our best midfielder. And we are wank. Absolutely wank in central midfield. We have nothing. Zip. I, I'm sick of... Um, Shelby with these Hollywood balls when he's when he's in, he might as well be in Pennywell playing Hollywood balls. You know what I mean? It's that bad. What's the point of trying to be Hollywood in Pennywell? It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and again, time and time and time again, Shelby out of shape, out of form, out of hoof, out of run, not being where he needs to be. And he's not the box-to-box energetic midfielder that we need. He is absolutely spent. And I put a tweet up during the match. I don't know if you've seen it. But I put, uh, do you remember uh, that time not too long ago when everybody was saying Shelby for England? Banda. Distant memory. Fucking Distant Shelby memory. for England. That's exactly why he doesn't get picked. Honestly, going, going through this team, I haven't even got to the flipping match yet, man. Uh, going through this team, it's just, it just beggars belief, man, of how... Hmm? Piss poorly put together, it is. Um, why, from, why not play four at the back? Why not play uh, four at the back and give an extra body in, forward? And exactly put put Hayden further forward where he's more comfortable instead of playing him at centre back. Mm. You're going out of your way to play five at the back, it's ridiculous. And then you've got this manager, I'm going at my way now, the gloves are off. It's a load of shit, man. He just reverts back to the same formation. Then afterwards, he'll, he'll blame whoever he can blame and move on to the next one. It's normally it's, Rafa. It's uh, yeah, it's astounding, mate. How how rubbish this manager actually is. He's beyond shite. I'd rather have yep. John Carver. Do you know why I'd rather have John Carver, mate? Because even though level wise they're probably on a level playing field, at least John Carver cared. Do you know what I mean? At least on the off chance when we did score, or whatever, he would celebrate and he'd look like he cared and at least show. It might be delusion, but when he said he was the best coach in the league, he might have, he might have believed <laughs> Instead of when we concede a goal, rubbing the face and doing all this, do you know what I mean? So that's why he it's was ridiculous. doing it. If you watch him, if you watch him, mate, honestly, I was watching him against Villa and he was stood there 
He rubs his face, rubs his face, then he puts his hand in his pocket. And I'm like, you dirty bastard. You should be on some sort of sex offenders register, not managing Newcastle, man. You just seem absolutely like bang, bang wrong. I'd rather have John Carver and Joe Knee as love child in charge of Newcastle. Uh, somebody um, was bantering back saying about Frank Lampard. Obviously, amazing Chelsea getting rid of him. Yeah, absolute galahs down there. But uh, somebody said, would you, would you take Frank Lampard? I'll I take said, anyone. Frank Lampard. I said, I'd take Christine fucking Bleakley, his missus, charging Newcastle. I said, she couldn't fucking do any worse. That is for absolute certain. Never mind bloody Frank Lampard. Sure for an L, man. Um, it just, for a Geordie, if I was on that touchline, right, mate, as manager, I would be heading and kicking every ball. And I know everybody's not the same and stuff like that. I was going ape shit when we were drawing nil nil against Burnley, mate, last season at home. I was losing my shit. Oh no, I was there. Yeah, right. So I'm kicking every ball, and I, I tell you what, if Bruce is get on the pitch, I'd have right. Happy to go on. I'll fucking take somebody out, or I'll ruffle somebody up, or something like that. But like you said, he's just stood there, and things are going awful and terrible, and you're conceding goals, and we're like twenty odd percent possession. And he looks like he hasn't got a fucking worry in the world. And like you said, he stands yeah. at the side. And the players are looking at him. Where Thinking about previously... what he said on 50. So, is the local yeah. kebab shop open? Deliveroo? Can I call mm -hmm. me guy and get get as me um, extra garlic sauce that I like? You know what I mean? He's not he's not in the headspace of thinking about the match. Do you know what I mean, mate? It's just... Yeah. It's just pure on, embarrassment. And this, I have changed it. Even after 10 minutes, mate, I'd even, if I'd have been Bruce and been daft enough to start that system, I'd have said, this ain't working. This ain't working. Oh, and I got the coach around and I'd have said, right, Isaac Aiden midfield, come on. I want Shelby to push right the way up up, up the top. Um, I thought Hendrick played better in the second half when he went a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm, and I'm talking minute amounts because I'm, I'm not exactly a great lover of uh, Jeff Hendrick, as, as, as you well, know. Well, I haven't got on to him yet. But no, but it's just like I would have been making changes. In, what's the point of waiting for half time, mate? When you when you when you're trailing, and like you've got Jake Humphreys coming out and going, it's now uh, two hundred and fifty odd minutes. Newcastle have had a shot on target. I'd have changed it straight away, mate. It wasn't working after ten minutes, um, and the game was so bitty because there was so many injuries and people going down and handbags and all that sort of thing. Changes were needed, very obviously very early on but we've got steve bruce who's incapable of such thing yeah. and we'll start the game mate because obviously colin wilson keeps his place and stuff like that and uh and fraser coming in and, and whatnot i mean shelby and hendrick in midfield oh my god why is what what does matty longstaff have to do get a flipping game um he, he must, he must be in the team but he must be Matt, smashing Mrs. Bruce. He's got to be having some sort of... Uh, I'm so sorry for my long stuff. I really do. Because when he's played, when he's had, when he's been fed to the Sharks against flipping multi-million pound players, he's held his own, mate. And I think in games like this, his energy would be unbelievable. But he, he's not going to get the chance to do it, mate. Have we had the rumours today? He's the one about loaning them out. Oh, come on, man. I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. Uh, the rumour is, right... We've got two players coming in, one of which is due to arrive tomorrow, supposedly. And that could be the lad from the midfielder from um, Watford. Watford. It could be yeah. Chowdhury. So, and that will free up Matty uh, going out. 
I know Chabala hasn't had much. Um, uh, like when when we've been, when he's been mentioned, like it hasn't been it hasn't been like oh he's class, but he's a he's a box to box midfielder and he'd make a difference. There's a bit of energy. Do you know what I mean? It's like having uh, compared to Shelby in any way, who has no energy at all. Do you know? It would offer something else. It would get up the field. It would help. Um, obviously, I think Matty deserves a lot more playing time. But he's not going to get it, is he? Um, I hope nah. he doesn't go out on loan. I'd like to see him play a part, but what does he have to do to play to start it's, game? That isn't it's against the same. Team that isn't top it's the same six. With his brother, mate. It's the same with his brother. Did you hear um, Bruce before the game? I know we're going a little bit back over, but talking about Sean, and he was like, nobody had mentioned Sean. He was like, and Sean's been left behind for football reasons. For football reasons, for Sean's being left behind. Reasons. Sean, do you know he's I've left him behind because of football reasons? I thought, don't try and come across as smart and clever because you, you just <laughs> do not. It looks like the best part of him dribbled down his mother's fucking ass crack. So, you know, and, and, and for you to leave consistently, Matty Longstaff, on the sideline, and then for you to be considering loaning him out at a time, and then, but you want to keep John Joe Shelby it's like you know, yeah, Shelby might have he might have one or two good games a season, mate, and then people think he's the best thing since sliced bread in Newcastle's style of play in our team with such low possession. He is a luxury player at best. Um, player God, yeah, and, and he's in our position, mate. Fighting, we should be fighting for our lives. He's of no use, and once again, mate, we talking about the first half. I saw no fight. From our team at all, and that worries me greatly. Well, now I'm able to go right. Scored Jacob Murphy pissing about with the ball in midfield from a throw in, loses the ball, and the reaction from one midfield made to get back. It's so embarrassing. Uh, Leeds actually took their time with it, eight players got back. But how many times I, I spoke about this yesterday with the true faith lads? How many times this season have um, we tracked back and not been in position? Um, look at look at the two Leicester goals that were conceded. Look at the Villa goals. Look when we lose the ball in midfield, they all run back, but it's without any intention to mark anybody. I mean, the for the first for the second Villa goal, Triore, every Newcastle player was in that box, but they weren't marking a single player. They weren't thinking about marking a player. Yet Triore had space, and every Newcastle player was in our box. That tells you all you need to know, mate. And that's and then, criminal. That is criminal in our position for that that amount of space and time when you've got ten players back, not one yeah. person should it's... be more than literally an inch away from a Newcastle player, and then you close the space down and he can't pull that shot. He can't do it if he's no. not got the space, mate. He can't do that shot. You clear it and you build again and you get out. You get out of the box. And if we were there at the moment, that's what we'd be fucking screaming week in week out. Get out, push up. Get out, yeah. push up. It. Eight players in that box, mate, and not one of them could deal with it. It just slots past the goalkeeper. Not much Darlow could do about it, in all fairness. And we'll roll, we'll roll the half-time, mate, and honestly, they had a fair amount of chances. Jack Harrison, um, the ball went over the top, over the top of Murphy again. Oh, very similar yeah. And he went to volley it, and it's, and it's hit off the side of his thigh. No, the side of that his... That should um, have been two. Yeah, the side of the calf, and, and went wide. Do you know what I mean? It's, it was very poor from Jack Harrison, given the goal he scored past were earlier in the season. He probably had an easier chance when he banged it in 30 A harder chance when he banged it in 30 yards, if we're being honest. But And even then, they had a chance where the way they needed Darlow's near post and they had two opportunities to play across the Bamford and they refused to do so. They could easily be in 3-0 up at half-time, mate. 
And then we'll go 4 4 2 at the start of the second half. Um, I noticed straight away 4 4 2. I think Miggy was playing up top with um, with Callum Wilson, which again out of position. Um, and Murphy was pushed further forward and Hayden was put to right back. I thought Hayden did really well at right back, to be honest, even though he's out of position. But He'll play but, anywhere, that lad, you know. Yeah, he will. He will. Play no Anywhere, not yeah, and and that's the thing. You know, in a way, it reminds me a bit of Aaron Hughes. Do you remember Aaron Hughes? And he was a, I, I, I love Aaron Hughes. He's one of them players who never used to complain. They used to play him at left back, centre back, right back, CDM, all over the shop. Never complained once. Um, but I wish he'd get a little bit nastier with Bruce and say, "I'm a fucking midfielder. Play me mm-hmm. in my correct position," because there's no doubt we, we were laughing about John Joe Shelby for England. But I think if if Hayden was in a decent Newcastle team and he was allowed to play in his correct position with somebody competent beside him, Southgate would have to look at him eventually and maybe give him a chance in a a friendly game or something like that. He is a cracking uh, player in there. And it wouldn't take much to be able to sort the central midfield out. A good, energetic, dynamic, box-to-box midfielder beside Isaac Hayden, mate. And if he stays fit, Happy days. I'll tell you what, if um, Hayden was under Bielsa, what kind of midfielder would he be with a year? Because you look at Kelvin Phillips, mate, and I look, I look at his attributes and stuff and what he can bring to a team. I don't see it being very much different to Hayden, in all honesty. Um, if a couple of Leeds fans are listening, they might give a shit for that, but I, I, could, I, I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. Because I think Hayden, defensively, positionally, ability to tackle is fantastic. I just think if a coach was to give him more the tools to, to, to press forward and, and stuff like that. I think you'd see a much a much better player on Isaac Hayden. I really yeah. do under a competent manager. Because I think under Rafa, Hayden was a very good defensive midfielder. Uh, and he did very well, especially in that championship season. But um, I've just been checking the Man United score, mate. They got beat 2-1 at home off Sheffield United. <laughs> I mean, it's getting... It's getting I mean, it's funny. It's funny in some ways. It, it is funny in some ways. Oh, you've got the wheel. We're going to win the title. We're going to win <laughs> all this shit. They're not going to win jack shit. Let's face it, right? He's another one. If Ollie had been at Chelsea, he'd have been out of a job ages ago. He's another one that's, um, you know, out of his depth slightly and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny because it's Manchester United slipping up. But at the same time, it's just like every result that goes against us below us. And like you go to anything can happen, mate, and we need to sort of shit out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but see, um, it's, it's not possible. It's not possible. He would have literally bent over, pulled his trousers down, and said, How would you want to take us? But this is exactly what we've said time and time again. Even against the so called bigger sides, mate, have a fucking go. Attack. Well, what right, have you got to lose? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much bang on. But we'll get back into this second half, mate. Um, <laughs> we'll go four four two, and I I don't think it's got anything to do with Bruce. I'm not giving Bruce any credit for this, but the players, I think the players took it amongst themselves to give it a go, mate. I really do because you look at you look at how Cher played in the second half, Maxi when he came oh, on. Yeah. Uh, you look at Miggy; they really took it upon themselves to really give it a go in this in this second half. Um, I think. John Joe Savage didn't. What? 
<laughs> Everybody but John Joe Shelby. Fucking Ellie was still I mean, I had an argument with someone on Twitter about that, actually. Yeah, they say Shelby played much better in the second half. He couldn't get any worse, let's be honest. He, nah. was, he was there. He was a part of the goal. So I'll give Shelby credit for that. However, he's still a lazy bastard and he still shouldn't be anywhere near the first team. <laughs> even though even though he's probably better than Jeff Hendrick. What is a Jeff Hendrick? Honestly, mate. He is got to be one of the worst players I've ever seen. I think... Um, and yes, Dad, I've nicked it off you before you go on because he pulled us about it the other day. But <laughs> Hendrick's been uh, Hendrick's been mentioned by the commentators a handful of about four times in the last two games, um, <laughs> and he doesn't get mentioned. He's just non-applicable. He's not there. The the reincarnation of the Invisible yeah. Man, Jack Calder. He's absolute shit. He is, and I can't, I can't fathom how he gets in the first team. Shelby probably has the reputation of being able to pass a ball. What does Jeff Hendrick have? Oh, played for Burnley. Oh, come on, Burnley. Seriously. I, I said that to you. I said, what's his position? What what is Jeff Hendrick's position? Is is he a right midfielder? Is he a winger? Is he a central defensive midfielder? Is he a box to box? He's none of that. He had, I thought, in the second half for about 15, 20 minutes. A reasonable spell where he, he put his foot in a couple of times, and, and I thought about time because for the rest of the match and for the rest of the season, barring a goal at Leeds and a goal against West Ham, I don't remember you doing anything else. And and I, I was I was screaming to do anything, mate. He just yeah. he was on the end of a cross. Whereas me, me, me and Lewis had about did. this, and when we said in the first half, she was like, "Well, I ain't I ain't seen." So I was on about Jeff Hendrick. I ain't even seen who the hell are you on about. And I said, that is exactly my fucking point. You don't ever, you don't ever, ever, ever see this man. He's never on camera because I honestly think if there's an easy ball, he, he won't come short to take the ball. He won't have that ownership. He won't show for a ball long because he's scared that he's going to get shown up. So if you won't come short and you won't take a risk on a longer ball, or if you won't uh, put, you know, some feet in and make a tackle. Then as a midfielder, what else? Made it, uh, you're just irrelevant. The game passes him by. He's not. He doesn't involve not himself in a, in a game. If the ball doesn't find its way to him naturally, he won't go looking for it. He won't go instigating an attack. He won't go instigating a move to break up their play. He just doesn't seem to me to have the football intelligence um, of even a Frank Dumas. You no, know, he doesn't he's have he's the most yeah, basic of, of, of knowledge and he goes missing. And, mate, we're in a scrap. And if you're even having a scrap, right, with somebody else, right, you can't afford to go missing. You really can't. And yeah. we're carrying one passenger in Shelby, I would say. And now we're carry, carrying another passenger in Hendrick. He's lightweight. He's ill-effective. Um, and I just wish there was a way to get rid of Shelby and to get rid of Jeff Hendrick. And and core because well, hopefully it's this new midfielder coming in, mate. If there's a new midfielder coming in, I hope there's just even. I mean, I'm not keen on Chowdhury. I, I kind of forgive him what he did to Richie last year. No, uh, Shabala. I don't know much about him. I just know he's a box to box, and he used to play for Chelsea back in the day. But no, I, Chelsea I, mean, well, I think both players would offer something forward. Um, in all honesty, considering how bad we've been in the midfield, I think even then they'd offer something energy wise. It's yeah. just a shame. You've because... got to roll the dice, haven't you, mate? You've got yeah. to roll the dice. That is, you know, if if we're only going to be making two loans and signing a coach, then the two loans you've got to think one of them has to at least one has to be. 
essential midfielder. It has to be. Got it to is be. the most uh, desperate position that we have in the pitch. Because I know we're not scoring many goals, mate, but I honestly still think, and I know a few people have turned on him, but I still think Callum Wilson, given chances, will create. He nearly scored. He, he was... He, he was just a little bit slow moving to people have turned the ball on in the second half. Sorry? People have turned on Colin Wilson. There have been a few comments when I've been looking oh. on Twitter, mate. People having a go, saying he's not scored. The goals take out the penalties oh, and how much has he actually scored. And I've argued with people saying uh, you could have Messi and Ronaldo up top for Newcastle at the moment and they wouldn't be doing much because of how awful we play. When, 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 you, when, you, when you're central striker, your main goal scorer is in your 18-yard box defending and you're conceding goals, you know you've got problems. I rate Callum Wilson tremendously highly and I think if you give him chances, he will score goals, no he doubt will. about it. No but doubt. You've, you've got to give him a, a chance. But I have been arguing this in the comments and Twitter quite a lot and a few on our Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash magpie247, um, that... Yeah, You've got you. You cannot judge him on this run that he's on at the moment. Uh, just given the fact of how absolutely yeah. fucking diabolical we are. I, I said it in the last podcast, mate. The last good opportunity he had in front of goal was Crystal Palace away. Like he hasn't had a good chance since, uh, barring the the penalty he had against Fulham. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't had a chance. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a gaping opportunity where you can say score. It's mm. been a half chance here and there at most. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's not much of a... He's not getting much in terms of service, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's, no. uh, he, needs, he needs bodies around him. If you can get bodies around uh, Callum Wilson and get him busy and you're going to free up a little bit of space for him, he will score goals. He's scored plenty of goals previously. He's a proven uh, player um, and goal scorer in the Premier League and internationally. But we need to set the system up around him, a structure in place. Uh, we need Alan St. Maximum back. We need Miggy in the middle. And we probably need Ryan Fraser on, on the right-hand hand side with uh, Callum Wilson up top. And I think playing three behind the one and getting them pushed up and getting that gap as close as possible. Um, and Bruce has mentioned it umpteen times, but he's done fuck all about it. Push the entire team 30 yards up the pitch. Um, and then I think we can... I think he will go on a run and he will fire the goals that we need to be able to stay up, but yeah. only if the system's right around him. He's not Jesus Christ. He ain't going to be able to perform a miracle, but give him reasonable service, and he'll. And he, I think he'll do us do us proud. He's not just about penalty kicks, as what people have been commenting uh, to me um, recently. Mind, you know? I think that's have been shocking. People already putting him down in um, in a system where. Goals aren't really a thing. I mean, look yeah. at Joe Linton last year. He was a he was a victim of the system as well. Um, although Joe Linton isn't a very good player. Um, well, he's still, actually, he's, he's another one. We've had quite a few people messaging the page and talking on the page, saying that when uh, Joe Linton and Callum Wilson played up top, and I don't was it Palace, Palace, uh, Palace. They actually look decent together up top. Why don't you know? Don't them yeah, two we, we get an opportunity that. up top? Those people should go go and listen to the to the Palace podcast that we did. Um, if now you're on two months, three months ago now, when we said it's a good partnership, and if they stick with that formation, then I can see something maybe there because Jolin and can can play in his position of just off the striker and try and make things happen. And obviously, he played really well that game, and I commend him for that. But it's nearly two and a half months on now, and he's done shit all since, mate. 
Do you know what I mean? And it's just like. Well, these I are the mean, sort of comments that we're getting, uh, you know, through on the Twitter and stuff I like think that. It's for people. Fans, mate, a lot, a lot of frustration in the fan base. I mean, there is good things about the fan base. And I mentioned that after we spoke about this game, but like, obviously, we'll go four four two, making things start to happen and <laughs> wait for it. I mean, get the drum roll and everything. It's the biggest shock of twenty twenty one so far. Newcastle not only score a goal, Paul, but the score a goal in open play. It's absolutely staggering. I couldn't believe it. When we scored, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what does this feel like? Because we scored a bloody goal. And it was a good goal as well. It was well worked. Um, we're, we're, uh, Hayden with an amazing tackle. He's about 40 yards out of position, but it's an amazing tackle from Isaac Hayden in the in, in uh, their, their half. He gets the ball to Shelby. Shelby plays it into, into the feet of Almiron. Almiron uh, 1-2 with Wilson. Beautiful goal. Slotty finished in the left-hand corner. And all of a sudden, it's 1-1. As shite as we've been, all the chances have had. And we managed to get back into the game. I'm thinking, my God. Um, but been typical, Bruce again. Strikes again. But it was a really good goal. And I was thinking, right, let's get let's get into yeah. it. Push on. Push on. What did you think of the goal, mate? Oh, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, I rolled off the couch. The, the bends were jumping up and down. I rolled off the couch. Uh, the missus was like, <laughs> couldn't understand what the Shot. what the hell, Shot. yeah, what the hell was going on. And I was like, it's the first goal we've scored in about two hundred, well, two hundred and sixty minutes or something like that. And uh, I was dying, dying for them just to, right, yeah, come on, let's get a very important win. I was like, I don't care how it, the winner goes in if it goes in off somebody's ass. Uh, whether Joe Linton comes on, goes in off his ass in the 90th minute, I don't care. I knew how important these three points truly, truly were. Uh, and also, I was like, yeah, Miggy. And I was like, I've always, I've always pushed Miggy. I've always supported Miggy. Uh, I thought yeah. it's going to give him a little bit of a boost, a little bit of, of a confidence boost. And I thought, watch him go on a little jinky run, and he may, may be able to set up a, a second goal or nick a second goal over the moon for him. Over the moon that he notched, over the moon that we got a goal. It was from open play and stuff as well. And I thought, surely to God, we've waited long enough now. It's got to be our turn for a victory. Uh, but what I didn't write uh, in the script was a sucker punch. Four minutes bastard later. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, they did exactly what they did the last time, mate. Uh, we scored an equaliser to make it 2-2 and they scored straight away a couple of minutes later and it was a it was a it was a nail in the coffin. Um it put with a bed really. We didn't have many opportunity after then, barring a chance from Lewis, but this goal mate was unforgivable for me because Jacob Murphy's about twenty five yards out of position over the top, exactly like the first half where Jack Harrison had a really good opportunity and he has time to take it down. The reaction from the rest of the defence was absolutely terrible. Uh, Lascelles looked at him and didn't press him. Nobody pressed him. Nobody was near him. Got a look up, picky spot, and pick what side of the foot he wanted to hit it on. And Jack Harrison obviously buries it home 2-1. And, yeah, boring a couple of little things, like Cher trying to drive forward. Cher thinking he's Philip Albert, classic. He thinking he's a bit of a a Philip (laughs) Albert wannabe. He, yeah. When he took when he took that run on, and I and I was dying, and even the missus was like, "Go on, go on, go on." And I was like, "Good." And when he got to you know, literally like within shooting distance, I was like, "Go on, shoot, shoot, you bastard, shoot!" But it was fantastic, and it was it, it was the first time in ages, apart from the goal, where I got a little bit on the edge of my seat, seat, and I was like, "Go on, go on, son, give it a crack." A bit of and some, thought, yeah, 
good, good on you. And, and I thought, I thought Chair, he had that mistake in the uh, one obviously mistake, but again, I thought he, he was really, really decent. And, and he goes to show how, for his international side, again, he's another player who's who can play in midfield. He plays sometimes for his uh, national side in midfield, and you can tell because he's got the confidence. And and I said after we, after the chance had gone, I was like, it's hilarious how the best. Our probably best and only player who could do that is our centre-back. We've got nobody else. Really, the centre-midfielders should be able to take that ball and do that a few times at least well, during that, the match. Well, that's the point I was going to make, mate. I think but, you he know, did it out of complete frustration because Shelby didn't move forward and try and make things happen. And nor did Hendrick. So I think he just took the ball and went, right, bollocks I'm going to try and make a go of it. Because every time we get the ball in a defensive position, if a centre-back picks it up, Shelby always drifts beside them and says, Gives us, give us the ball. And he and with how slow he is in possession, mate, it always slows her down and always makes her worse. And we never, mm. ever score from it. Um, it was Jeff nice to see, wasn't it? Jeff took it on his cell. He had plenty of room to run into when I thought it was going to be re very reminiscent of the Cardiff goal he scored a couple of years ago where he ran through a couple of players and bent it around I the thought it was going to go in. But it was, a, it was a great little run and he did it a couple of times, mate, where he just took the game by the scruff of the neck and I really wish he would do that more often because, honestly... It, the amount of times we lacked in midfield, and he just gave for that little bit of little bit of um for a little bit of energy, you know. And it yep. was nice to see. But if we game... sign nobody else, mate, right? Which is a possibility. It's Newcastle at the end of the day. It's cheap castle, right? Yeah, um, and you can get one of the other defenders back if you get a Fernandez back or somebody like that, right? Bring Fernandez, bring Clark in, whoever you want at the back. And I, I tell you, what, it wouldn't be the worst call in the world to put share uh, in the middle alongside Hayden. And just give Cher a little bit more of a license because I tell you something, he's got a hit on him, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a shot on him. He can bring that ball out. He's calm. He's, he doesn't panic like some centre backs. If they got that far forward, they'd be having a nosebleed because you're that far forward. But he was lovely and calm, cool, collected. Got the shot away. Um, and and I think Cher is come back to pretty much the share the share of old. I mean, yes, there is. The, the few cobwebs, which is which is Steve Bruce's coaching techniques and stuff like that. But you're quite right. He seemed to lose his uh, cool and just think, look, these lads are here in front of me. I take the fucking piss. I can do it better myself and just did it. And, and he's, yeah, made things he's graceful in the way he does it. So graceful. And he, like, he, he just seems to like almost float over the pitch and just gracefully move forward at a steady pace. And you know, he's a danger, mate. You, look, I mean, was it who did he score against? An absolute thundercund. Was it Burnley again? Oh, man, just yeah, called Burnley. Yeah, cool. I remember it. I remember absolute vlogging. Absolute thundercund it was. Oh, um, my first and last vlog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at least Lee said about them uh, Them vlogs, they're better. But, um, yeah, it, it, he's got it in his locker, so why, why not? Like, like we've said before, umpteen times on this show, the definition of insanity is to try the same thing time and time again and expect oh, different results. Much. Try him in midfield where he plays sometimes internationally. And who knows? Um, I think it, I think if you played Cher in 10 matches in uh, in central midfield and you played Jeff Hendricks and John Joe Shelby in the exact 10 same uh, games in that position, you I think that Cher would, would work better, pass better, and I think he'd outscore them. Yeah, That's I think quite a bold well. prediction. But... I think he'd work really well in a three man midfield. Um, mm -hmm. If you put him alongside Hayden in the hole, so if Hayden's behind them, 
in a CDM role, a sweep yeah. in the shot like he likes to do in his correct position. If you put Cher alongside Matty or alongside um, this potential new midfielder coming in, I think it'll be a full of full of energy. And then you just say to Cher, create because he's 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 ability to pick out a pass Paul is it's better than anybody's on the team it really he, is he, i know we're, I know we're talking about a, a, a player playing in wrong position and it's ironic but his passing ability is good he's able to run forward and drive forward and cause a problem and that's something our midfield completely lacks he's got energy he's got that bit of umph that bit of bite about him and you know like you know like when i when i think of classy midfielders that we've had my mind Instantly, yeah, wrongly or rightly, you might not like him. I don't know, but if I think of classy Newcastle midfielders, I think of Johan Kabay. If he's a Rolls Royce of a player in, in in the engine room, and share it, obviously wouldn't be up to that standard, but he's got a suaveness about him and a coolness. And you look at John Joe Shelby. Shelby's got that Hollywood ball, and that's all he's got. Well, I'd argue that Cher's got that Hollywood ball plus a lot, lot more. In his, in his arsenal. Yeah, he has. Because so, he's able to know. pick a short pass. And it, it, it's not just a 20, 30 yard pass. He can pick the short, quick passes that needs to be done. So ha have, um, have a look. Have a look so at I've, that. I, because I remember he played defensive midfield against Man City in the Cup and he didn't do very well. But I think in a three man midfield, in a triangle shape in a midfield, uh, where you've got two midfielders and it. In well, a defensive midfielder behind him, and he's one of them in midfield. I think he would do okay. I think he'd hold his mm. own, and I think he would offer Newcastle something going forward as well. Or and, even yeah, and defensively as well, mate. That if we were under the cosh a little bit, again, his defensive knowledge and his nous and stuff would know the positions to get into to to cut the 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 danger out. And also, if you get an injury or a knock to a centre back, you know, like you do in in matches, or somebody has to go off. You've yeah. got a ready-made person who can just drop into that uh, central defence uh, position for a little bit. But you could play four at the back. You could play the three in midfield, like you've just said. So Cher, um, Hayden and Ian Inove, an energetic box-to-box -box midfielder that hopefully will sign. And then you've, you've, you're, you're ones up top. You're going to have Miggy, um, uh, well, yeah, Miggy and uh, Fraser. ASM, possibly, you know, it's going to be a combination between them two. And... Um, Obviously Wilson up top, so yeah. pick two out, pick, pick two out of them. Have one on the bench, rotate them around, do what you want to do. I think it would create a lot more energy, positivity, a lot more chances. You get more bodies forward, and it gives the the opposition defence something to worry about because they've got to sit there and think. Well, I know for a fact that Cher can come out and then he can hit one, so I've got to worry. At the moment, opposition defenders, if you think that they are worried about Shelby. And if you think they're worried about they're Hendrick, then, then listen to what Grealish said about them. The no. shit will just play no. around them. There's nothing. They're not scared of them, mate. No. So try but something else. Try something else. You've just got to keep. You've just got to man mark well to, to keep Shelby out of the game, honestly, because he kind of picked the 20, 30 yard mm. pass that he wants to do. Um, and even then, I don't think he's good enough short passing wise to make something happen. But yeah, we offer him a new contract. Fucking yeah, heads it's, gone, it's man. bizarre, mate. But you look at it, like we look at the last. 10 minutes we didn't we didn't really offer anything mate and the game draws to a close and steve bruce we're with obviously playing well the last 25 minutes be oh well look at us we encouraged and we'll win the next one and all this shit and it's like it, it's it's a, it's too little too late as the name of this podcast is it's too little too yeah. late it's 11 games now without a win paul it's to, to say as well it, yes the last 20 25 minutes it was 
it was like champagne football compared to drinking piss for the past 10 games. But it, it wasn't exactly... Um, it wasn't exactly Robson at his pump or Keegan at his pump. It was better than what it's been, but it wasn't exactly champagne, free-flowing stuff. It would still be own-brand lemonade from Aldi or something like that. Yeah, way, way better, but still lots of room for for, for improvement. Uh, and yes, you know, if we if we hadn't have conceded such a soft goal, we would have at least got a point and stopped the rot and this sort of thing. And it would have stopped Leeds getting away from us because all we've done with another defeat is allow them to to, to get away. But yeah. Steve Bruce is absolutely deluded. Um, we need to be able to do at least that sort of performance that we got in that 20, 25 minutes for 80, 85 minutes to be anywhere near a, a win. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm afraid we've got a very difficult game coming up this weekend. So it could very well be no, no wins in 12. Everton. Everton are very tough side. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult Yeah, it's going to be a difficult one, mate. Really. We, really should go, we should go there positively, mate. We, we should go there and try and play some football and try and take yeah. it to them and not roll over. But you're right, yeah. we won't. We'll play, play five at the back. back. And beat. Yeah, yeah. It'll, and it'll five be another negative we'll roll podcast, over. Mate, But um, me and Paul have been talking because the last couple of podcasts have obviously been a bit negative and stuff because of obviously it's, it's, <laughs> warranted, it's warranted it with how bad we've been. So we've been thinking about a couple of topics that we could talk about and I realise that we're an hour in, uh, which is fine because uh, the last podcast went over an hour and you seem to enjoy that. So that's that's all good. Um, but Paul, you've been listening to a, a couple of podcasts this evening. Um, Steve Rafe's podcast with uh, Liam Kennedy and Keith from the... Um, from the supporters consortium that's trying yeah. to get justice for the for the their field takeover last year, and you just want to fill in on what's being said, don't you? So, yeah, just to, I, I mean, to what's being said, and then we'll react to it from there, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's important to recognise that um, nobody's pigeonholed. You, you know, like we, we've heard this quite a lot. Oh well. What you, you listen to other podcasts and this? Yeah, of course we do. We're very much like we said at the beginning of this journey when we left, where we left before and stuff like that. We're very much about the community. Enjoy lots of different podcasts. I listen to the lads. Yeah, you know, True Faith, Gallagher Shots. I listen to as well all the time. Steve Rafe stuff. Some of the stuff I really like. Some of it I don't. Um, but this one really, really interested to me with who was on. Uh, and they've been speaking a lot about the takeover, answering a lot of questions from lots of different uh, fans, types of fans. But in particular, uh, talking really positively with regards to the takeover. I know some people will say they've constantly talked quite positive, but you know that they've got information that they are not at liberty to be able to disclose. I think they've gone over that quite a bit today. Um, they were both asked... Uh, are the significant times and developments ahead? Both of them were saying yes. Both of them put a number on a piece of paper that said the 29th of this month, uh, which I found quite interesting. Um, and that's around developments in the Middle East with regards to uh, legal disputes between Qatar and Saudi Arabia, uh, with regards to people being able to purchase, to be able to see BN Sports uh, in Saudi Arabia and pay for it using Saudi currency at the moment. There's issues that you can, if you pay, you know, pounds, you can still watch it. But if you pay Saudi money that you can't. Um, now, all of the issues have been ironed out as much as uh, I believe and I took from the from the podcast. Um, I think over the next 
a couple of days, you'll find that a lot of their legal uh, disputes are officially settled. They've been settled, gentlemen's agreements and things are moving forward. Uh, and that's what they were talking about a lot recently uh, today, that, yes, positive sounds about um, these issues. And those issues were major stumbling blocks to the fact that the Premier League just literally stuck the fingers in the ears, did an Jose Perez, and was said, we're not going to approve it, we're not going to fail it, because they didn't want to upset somebody who's just agreed to pay them £350 million, which is about $500 million, for extra TV rights. So now that that issue's been sorted, and piracy was always going to be a major, major stumbling block to getting this deal through, now that they're technically because of the legal disputes and stuff, there won't be their, them issues. They believe that the upcoming weeks could be really, really crucial and critical. They maintain, the PIF, that uh, Amanda Stavely, that the Rubens are all really, really interested. They've got information on their desks. And he kept literally putting little bits of paper up here and this, that, and other, teasing stuff. But he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by evidence. And he was like, yes, you know, we're a lot further down the line than we were a year ago. There was a period of time, several months of last year, between maybe May, May June, July, August time, that nothing progressed because of the Premier League doing the Yosi Perez over the, um, mainly the issues around about piracy and stuff like that. But those issues are going to be put to bed. And they were talking a lot about, you know, will it go to arbitration, this, that and the other. They were suggesting rather heavily, that uh, the likes of Nick DeMarco and, and his colleagues will be negotiating. They were hoping that it wouldn't need to go down to arbitration. If it does need to go down to arbitration, that we will probably get a date for that very, very shortly. And what the lad from the NCSL was saying is that if that is done fairly and independently, as it should do, if it does go that down that route, then that should be fine. It should go through. He's seen enough evidence to suggest that we should get what we need out of it if we have to go down to arbitration. But, crucially, one of the huge stumbling blocks will be taken away over the next possibly up upcoming couple of days. And hopefully that will allow Newcastle and the Premier League to get around the table and then to get the Saudis and everybody else around the table and provide the assurances that everything is going to be okay. So there could be positive positive developments moving forward in, in in the short to medium term. So that's positive. There's positive vibes coming from that. And I know uh, fans, and I'm the same, is, is dealing with takeover fatigue. It's been going on for three years, mate, with various different yeah. guises and people and, and random rajis that uh, people from newspapers just make up. And we're all fatigued, but all fed up. We all want the end of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all want the end of it. But it sounded very, very positive. Um, and yes, you've got to trust these people who, who, who come on to the Steve Ray uh, you know, podcast and stuff like that. But they speak very well. They've put their own money, their own time, their own effort. And independently, they're coming up with the same dates. I mean, they both, he wrote it on a piece of paper and Liam from, yeah, had his number on the yeah, yeah, yeah. both are the same dates so they're obviously singing from a, a lot of the same hymn sheets they're getting the same information they're talking about how they're getting it verified and vouched of several different people it's not just one source it's several sources telling them the same information uh, and their feeling is is that things are progressing positively 
So that has to be good. Uh, and again, I think, uh, you know, it, it is that thing that we do just have to be patient, but certainly keep our eyes and ears open because that's the route out of this. We've talked about Steve Bruce to be blue in the bloody face, mate. We really, really have. Um, and Steve Bruce is a huge problem. But the bigger oh, problem yeah. behind yeah. Bruce is definitely Ashley, whether, you know, Ashley and his entourage of the likes of Keith Bishop, Justin Barnes, Lee Charnley, obviously Ashley himself and his family are a huge, huge problem at our football club. So ultimately, we'll have no success until these people are gone. They also talked about the fact as well, and this has come out recently again, relegation wouldn't necessarily put the end on the deal. The deal just may be structured where you wouldn't get all of the 350 million up front you'd get a proportion of it then a proportion on promotion and certain targets and stuff like that so if we were to get relegated which is a possibility it doesn't put a, a, a total kibosh on the deal totally uh, but obviously ideally we want to stay in the Premier League we must stay in the Premier League um, because that would give the new people coming in the best possible platform to build straight away you know, and and they were talking about the fact Rafa again. There were the the lad from NCSL was was saying that the Eddie Howe thing he doesn't think is a go, um, purely because um, look at the situation that, that he's had. He's worked before with uh, the likes of Fraser Wilson. He's just relegated one team as he wanted on his CV. If he relegates two teams in successive seasons, and then he's saying that it's their understanding that Rafa is sitting, he's going to take his time probably the rest of this season before getting back into it, given um, the takeover as much chance to go through as possible and then he'll address it from there. And I think what he was suggesting is if the takeover goes through, their number one choice remains Rafa Benitez. And although his football isn't champagne uh, type, he look at the way and we were talking quite passionately about when we played Manchester City and we bossed them and bullied them and this was a Manchester City at the top of their game you it's know come, Paul. I remember yeah, that Damn. yeah you know what I mean like and, and that's that's what we're missing a bit of nous a bit of fight a bit of steel and a bit of winner mentality and an attention to detail yes it won't be champagne football mate me and you both know that and appreciate that but it's what it is like it might be something yeah yeah you just want a little bit of hope and he gives that and but he said that again it's his understanding that Rafa Benitez remains the number one target Steve Bruce will not be Newcastle manager should the takeover goes through um, so the, the, again lots and lots of positive things and at the end of the day you may love him you may hate him or whatnot. you know the, Keith and stuff but he's putting his own money in he's took a year off his work He's working his ass off and he's a Newcastle supporter like me, like you, like everybody else there listening. He's got no, there's no agenda or anything else like that. He's hearing stuff. He's got contacts here and there. He even talked a little bit about Jeffro Williams today, talking about the fact that his knee injury is actually a lot worse than what was first reported. And he's after a lot of money, uh, although he likes the lad. So I think he talks a lot of sense. Um, yeah. He's and, you know, in the right place. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, some of the tweets may come across a little bit, you know, th this this and that and stuff like that. But you you've got to remember involved in that because every, yeah, it, it, everybody it, it, it will have a troll or two. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. 
even we we've had had, had a fair share over the past couple of years and whatnot. But uh, the you know what the best thing about that one is, you, I think you you went on about that whole that whole podcast for the last ten minutes and you didn't even write anything down. Great mm. memory, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just it, it's just a pleasure. Like you know, like we try to do on here all the time. It's it's just people who care about. About the football yeah. club, just like just like we do. There's 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 no there's no egos, there's no agendas, there's no advertising and trying to plug stuff to get money off it. Uh, with us, um, with the likes of the NCSL, it's his own money he's putting in from his own back pocket. Yeah, you and know, fair, it's yeah. his own time. So yeah, fair play to the lad, but he certainly sounded very very positive. As did, as did Liam, he sounded really positive. So let's fingers crossed that we get a little bit further information coming up shortly and that gives us something else to hang our hats on too because it's been it such be a difficult time being a Newcastle supporter because I remember our second podcast where it apparently fell through and oh my god I was so deflated I was just beaten yeah. for a couple of days I couldn't like do anything I couldn't function because I was like I put so much energy into it and I felt this was it and mm. it fell through and for it to get back on track now would be really really nice because We've had no luck as fans, mate. Honestly, no. we've been shit for a long time, and we'll look we've like been shit on, me from on every direction. Another, on the verge of another relegation, and it would just be fitting typical for Mike Ashley, Mike Ashley's final, um, final passing gift walk would be like to relegate Newcastle once again, and it would mm. be like just a final middle finger to it is just like, oh, thanks for the 13 years, but you know what I mean. And it's like it would be flipping typical, but if we can get this man out for when we return to stadiums and stuff, and the first home game back, mate, would be no Ashley or Everton either, mate. That again, full stadium and that, and all. You wouldn't even have to spend a lot of money, mate. You wouldn't even have to spend a lot of money. The thing is, for for Newcastle to have new owners and a new manager in the dugout and a little bit of hope and a little bit of respect back in our club. Yeah, and seeing people at that stadium who've boycotted it for years and years and years and years, seeing your mates who you haven't seen for ages at, at the ground, seeing it full, hearing it noisy, seeing it bouncing, seeing the colours, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the scenes, and all that sort of thing. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I, I mean, as far as PR goes, they don't even have to spend a, virtually much of a pretty penny. Go in and make a couple of decent common sense decisions like that, and they'll be welcome like heroes, mate. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to look at it, mate. I mean, obviously we've spoken about the game and that, and I just wanted to touch on something that we, because you've listened to that and you thought this would be a positive to bring to the podcast, and absolutely. But there's one thing I want to bring to the podcast as well, because um, I was invited on uh, True Faith's podcast yesterday and that, and what a great bunch of lads, Paul, honestly. Uh, uh, I, did I, really, I did really enjoy that podcast, like, and they're just they're just down to earth like like us who just want to just want to communicate with new fans and stuff they've they've says i could go on again in the future which is fantastic um they're they're a good set of lads and i just want to talk about the community in general because i think although there is fans back and forth and that on twitter with things and obviously frustration with steve bruce and that there is a there is a lot of good in the community because even even tonight um Gallagher shots and True Faith did cross cross content. They did did a podcast together, and I think that's fantastic, mate. It is. It's really good, and I think that's one thing we really wanted to like 
open up when we started Magpie 24-7. We wanted to work with anybody and everybody. Do you know what I mean? We wanted to work with everybody that we could because where we were previously, we, we didn't really get a chance to do that much. Do you know no. what I mean? I want, and I want to, and that's one of the main reasons we left because we want to just speak to fans because I don't look at it as a, as a tribal thing. And I'm not for a second saying anybody else does, but I don't look at it as like a, Wall under different flags or parties or whatever it may be. I see was just Newcastle United fans. Do you know what I mean? That is the hitting the nail totally on the head, mate. And it was what we have said since day number one. We've all been about community. Now, look, at the end of the day, we're we're very, very small fish. Very, very small fish compared to some of these, you know, some of these other uh, channels. And we know some of these other lads through obviously connections and stuff that we've made before and everything. But we are very passionate about the fact that. If you're, if you're a Newcastle supporter, it doesn't care whether you're big, you're small, you're medium. If you want to talk Newcastle and you're passionate about Newcastle as, as we are, then we're more than happy to to jump on anywhere, jump on anything. It's not about little umbrellas like um, Magpie 24-7 or you know, anybody else who's out there. It's really, really not. You're a Newcastle supporter? Fantastic. I'm a Newcastle supporter? Fantastic. You know, I, I like I like Gallagher shots. I've liked Gallagher shots for years and years and years and years. True faith, I've liked them for years and years and years. Uh, Magpie Channel, the stuff that I really like that that they do, despite the fact where we've been before. Um, and you might think, oh, are, are you not just pigeonholed into one area and you only have that one? No, variety is the spice of life. You can like things and you can bring things from different uh, areas, and it's it's like. It, it's like cooking. It's like different ingredients and bringing them into the pot and stuff like that. And some stuff that you like on on certain channels and some stuff you like. I mean, I touched on Steve Rafe there. I really enjoyed the show tonight. Some shows I don't like, yep. and it feels a little bit more forced. And I think there's a bit too much advertising in or whatever. That's me critiquing. That's not a personal attack with Steve Rafe. Again, puts a lot of his own time and effort and energy producing a different variety of content. Some I like, some I won't like. Same with you. Everybody's different, but it's all about the entire community and and it's i think it's important everybody comes together because we all want the same thing we want the best for newcastle Uh, and we all you know we want this takeover to go through we want newcastle to win football matches because some people might think well you do you do better when it's bad no we do better when it's positive Uh, and we've always done better when it's when it's positive and there's better content and you feel better talking about positive things more encouraged to post, more encouraged to yep. talk to these people, and yeah, it's I, I, I read um, even even with previous aliases at Newcastle fans TV, they 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 work on a daily basis and put out the best content they physically can as well, um, and stuff yeah, like that. Just yeah, that it's nothing, it's nothing against previous places that we've been at at all. It it, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, you know previous place that we've been. Uh, whether, like I say, it's True Faith, whether it's Gallagher Shot, we're all Newcastle supporters at at, at, at the end of the day, yeah. and everybody's producing. I'd, I'd love there to be a hundred different Newcastle uh, content creators, because then that's producing more and more uh, good, varied content from fellow Newcastle supporters, and I wish everybody else nothing but, uh, you know, success, whatever they want to achieve out of it, out of it. I hope you achieve it, and at the same time, I hope we're all talking about a successful a prosperous, a cup-winning, uh, a league-challenging Newcastle United. 
because wouldn't yeah. that make for a great place? And like you going on on onto uh, on, onto true faith and stuff like that, uh, we speak on a daily basis with people from other uh, Twitter accounts. Um, you know, all sorts of different people. I mean, like yeah, uh, uh, New Year, I was sitting there. You know, you me- you're messaging Ketspire and you having to pinch yourself. You know, yeah, and you've got like Keith Downey's number in in your phone and 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 crazy stuff like that. Hugo Viana's, uh, you know, number here and there and different players, ex players. I was speaking to Alex not too long ago. Greg from the Supporters Trust not too long ago. We were having a really good, um, constructive uh, conversation, and and I was critiquing things, and he was critiquing things, and I was asking things, and he was answering things, and he was asking things, and I was answering things, and it's all good, and it's all positive. It's all about, I think, having a healthy uh, community that's there supporting one another and producing great quality content about the club we're passionate about. So it's not a knock at all. I just want to make that 100% clear because sometimes when I say stuff, people take it with uh, uh, more than a a pinch of salt. I I mean, nothing but positive towards all of the content creators out there. It's all about our community. doesn't matter whether you're big, small or indifferent. There has been a couple of negative things regarding it. Obviously, Steve Rift did the Think Before You Tweet campaign and the documentary and stuff. And like, there is a lot of negativity around it at the minute, but there's so much positive, mate. There is. Mm. There's so much positive, and that's what I want. But the negatives generally get talked about, don't they, mate? So sometimes it's just a case of saying as well, yes, there is negatives, but there's also a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of positives out there. I want the highlights that we've got an excellent podcast. And if you haven't listened to any of them and you listen to us, honestly, go and check them out. Go and check out Steve Riff. Go and check out Gallagher Shots. Go and check out True Faith. They're all belting podcasts. Yeah, belting NUFC 360, they've been yeah. doing it. You know, we, we, speak, um, we speak to them lads and stuff as yeah, well. Exactly. Do you know what you I mean? Can, any, you know. any and all of them, go and check them out because they've all got great opinions. Well, better for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Just shooting the breeze and that, that's what it should be about, mate. And yeah. Bit of crack no, on. Yeah, a bit of crack on. That's what it should be about, especially in lockdown and, and when times are tough and times are shit. It's the best time to go and, mm. and go and communicate with these people and, and build rapport with them. So when we do get back and it, it, we're all under uh, hopefully a new a new regime, a new manager and a new era of the club, when we go back to St James's Park, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can see these people as friends and that, and you see them in public and have a pint with them and offer me a fan. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know what I mean, mate. It's like it's just it's just building up these friendships with people, and everyone everyone listening can do that as well. I mean, as you say, mate, we're just a small fish, and um, we're hoping to grow. You know, but yeah, it, we've got fans it, in place. Even if even if we don't grow, mate, it's not about that. I, I, if one one person could listen to this, it would probably be me dad. You know what I mean? And it, us just talk, shooting the breeze for a couple of hours, mate. Do you know what I mean? If I don't get anything out of that, I get that. Uh, so we'll get to talk about the game, get off our chest what we need, get off our chest, and crack on from there. That's that. It's just at its um most a distinct form of being able to speak about the match and, and enjoy it and, and, and get a, some form of release as we're not at matches. But when we do get back, hopefully we can um, see a lot of these uh, content creators in person and be able to just say say what we're saying now. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, mate, I just want to end the podcast on a positive note because obviously we've had a couple of ranting ones and, and stuff like that. And, it has been uh, negative. For a it, good it has, and I, just a little bit of positivity to, 
to end the end the week on because obviously we'll probably play Everton and it'll be back to back to flipping lot but back to work run and kind of thing. So <laughs> just wanted to yeah, have a I'm, I'm not I'm not expecting much. I'm not expecting much from from the Everton game, unfortunately. But again, if we can see some sort of improvement, that would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, we we do try and bring. A, a, just a positive spin, brings something positive to the game. Um, it's not very easy when the football is so, so terrible. But yeah, it's um, there's a lot of good, and I think there's a lot of good people um, and good men and women who are, out, who are trying uh, the very best to implement change, to try and entertain people, to try and have good debate, good banter. There's lots of good stuff out there. Um, long may it continue. And hopefully... Yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, like we said all along, we'll appear here, there, and everywhere. You know, when we get invites to go through the places yeah. or we have conversations, we'll try, things come up. We'll try yeah. to appear where we can. But if we can't, we can't. If we can, we can. Great. But like I say, like we've said from day dot, mate. If there's any creators out there that want to appear on this podcast, just get in touch. Honestly, we'll we'll have you on no problem at all. Um, obviously, it was a couple of months back now, but we're. We had Owen on, who was of Magpie Centre and stuff like that. So it, we have done it in the past and we're more than happy to do it again. I put it in the bio for every every podcast. If you want to collab- collaborate with Wayne, and you want to do some content with we're just, just get, in, get in touch. Facebook, uh, email address, that's on my Facebook page, uh, Instagram, Twitter, any which way, any way you can find a contact where we're able to be contacted. So it's just a just a nice positive end of the podcast, mate. But if there's anything you want to say to, to end the podcast or to, to finish off the, the, the podcast, I'll let you I'll let you go. Yeah, if just if anybody sees Lee Charney, will you please point him in the direction of the, of the club <laughs> and tell him that he, he can relieve Steve Bruce of his duties if he wants to do that. Yeah, uh, uh, it pretty much, mate. But uh, uh, we'll, end, <laughs> we'll end on that one, mate. Piss off, Lee Charlie, if you if you can. Find them. But I um, uh, will. Uh, we'll love you and leave us, and we'll catch you on what I hope to be a positive next Magpie twenty four seven podcast. And uh, yeah, catch us later, everyone. Ta-da.